Super Talk 1270. Get ready for Unriveted Radio on Super Talk 1270. Now, here's Travis Feist and Rob McLeod. Welcome back, everybody, to another edition of Unriveted, a Dakota Customs original podcast. I'm your host, Travis Feist, and with me, and always, is my co-host, Rob McLeod. What's up, guys? Hey, before you answer that, Kelvin, I just want to jump in and say thanks, buddy, for uh, joining us for this episode here for the podcast. I appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. Well, and that's the problem, like, even with, with the Chevelle that I have, I'm, I'm trying to find tires for that thing, and without doing full drag race tires, like, it, it just seems like I'm having such a hard time finding something I can put on that can hook up, and... What size rim do you have? Well, it's it's a they're thirty three twenty two fifty fifteens and it's, oh, this is Pro Street. Yeah, and I've okay. got the Mickey's on there, and I and I know they're old. I, I should put new ones on, but it's it's just I can't get that thing to hook up. It'll it'll pull you back in the seat just as hard as that thing is spinning. And if I it's like yeah. God, if I could get that rest of that power to the ground, but I know Hoosier was making a, a radio. And uh, I've been watching for like over a year and they've been on back order and back order and back order. And it's just like for that size, you're so limited without going with a full drag race tire, which I don't want to. It, you know, I can't I find it. You know, I hate to break it to you, my friend. 15 inch deep, deep drag tires, that entire segment, that tire segment is still stuck in the, in the 90s. There is no. I don't know if we're going to find, I don't know if we're ever going to see a 33, you know, 33, 12, 50, 22, 50, 18, 50, 15. I don't think we're ever going to see that in a drag radio or something that's DOT rated that's actually going to hook. Um, I know your struggle. We've got a good friend of ours with a, with a CUDA and it's got like 31, 18, 50, 15, something in that neighborhood. And um, same thing. He couldn't find anything. And, and his is not as much a drag car. It's, it won't go to the track, um, mm-hmm. but he wants it to hook on the street. And unfortunately, he ended up going with some Hoosier QuickTime Pro, um, you know, radials, and they they don't hook. They will not hook. And he's in the same boat. I think unfortunately, uh, you can't get what you want in that car. I mm-hmm. think you've got to either commit to the radial street tire. Or you're going to commit to going to a wrinkle wall and you can't drive it in the rain. No, well, even on the street, they just they don't last. And for expensive as they are, yeah. you know, you, you'll wear out that tire in no time. And and what's scary too with running with that Mickey Thompson, it's almost got like that directional in the tire. Yep. And um, you start getting that thing over 100 mile an hour, and it starts. It's like a directional tire, and they'll start you know wanting to find the uh, the depressed oh, wheel yep. tracks. So it gets yep. squirrely over 100 mile an hour, especially on the street. So that's another reason why I don't like that tire. But, yeah, I think those those quick pros is what I was actually looking at from Hoosier. So it's a good thing that I didn't pick them up. But it's hard trying to find something that if I could just get that power to the ground would be it would be so much more fun. And I think this is a testament, too, um, as we talk about the technology of, of the drag racing and traction and tires. And I think the reason that these companies aren't going back and applying this drag radio or this type of technology to those sizes of tires are because the guys that want the drag radios, they're getting it done with a 10 and a half wide tire. They're getting, they're, they're taking Fox body Mustangs and they're running eight and they're running a, a $400 drag radial nitto. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. so I think a lot of those tire manufacturers, they're looking at it like, well, why would we invest the time and energy to completely revamp what they consider now as more of an obsolete uh, technology in drag racing, there's not going to be a need for the big wide stuff when guys are putting down the times they are with, with the, the narrower tires. And um, the other thing to factor in too, Travis, what do you've got for, you got like Caltrax or what, what do you got for traction suspension control on that thing? Well, I just have the seven way adjustable QAs in the rear. Um, okay. It's, it's back half four link. Um, it's got strange rear end four fifty six full spool and you know i've never taken it down the track but it's you know an in-town hot rod just take out beat on and then put it away for a few months kind of a car Uh, um it's got a 540 big block uh reverse valve body 400 auto manual shift so it's 
it's almost like it's almost too much even just to drive on the street because it's just it's not practical and i think i get like four miles a gallon with that thing it's just a hog that's miles per gallon but it is but it's got so much torque that it's just like in town from light to light is like i don't i don't care about nothing else but you get in that thing and you open the dumps and you hammer on that thing and it's just just like i said if if you could get if you could get that power to transfer, it would pull the front tires off the ground, I guarantee. It just, yep. the torque yep. is unreal. It's kind of funny when people ask me about that car, they're just like, the standard question is like, well, how much horsepower is it making? And like, as soon as I hear that question, it's like, okay, you don't really know. You're just kind of just, mm-hmm. um, and I say yeah, 700, yeah. and I say 700 horse, and they're just like, and they hear 700 horse, and they, they're, they're, they think it should be making 1100, but like the 700 horse is kind of irrelevant because that thing is just a, a torque monster. So like, when they hear seven horse, they kind of just like almost like bat their eyes, like, oh, it's not even making that much power. It's like, no, it's making power, mm-hmm. just not horsepower. And it, it's, yep. it's actually, it's, it's really respectable, um, the drivetrain in that car. So, you know, and that's the thing too. It's you tell people it's, you know, it's all carbureted. It's naturally aspirated. It's, there's yeah. no turbo, no supercharger, no nitrous. Right. It's all motor. And, you know, and that's, that's where you get that thrill. It's just a cool oh, car. Dude, it's cold blooded. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. There's something about something about the vintage, the vintage cars, and the feel, and, and just the, the kind of the aura that surrounds them, especially when they've got a, you know, a, a nasty cold blooded engine. It's hard to keep running when it's cold, and mm-hmm. you're, you know, you're you're stoplight to stoplight. You're sweating because you're AC, you don't have AC and yep. 93 degrees out, and but it doesn't matter when that light turns green and you like and you lay the wood, man. It's I, I get it, and it's. I think it's what draws a lot of us to that to that old stuff because anybody can build a really really fast car for a lot less money mm-hmm. um, if you pay attention to your weight. You get a, a late model car or a light Fox body or a old old import car and slap an LS in it. You can build a faster, mm-hmm. lighter car for a lot less money than dragging an old muscle car home. But there's there's just an added factor to it that is hard to explain. But right, um, I think the coolest thing with that car is the pedal feel. It's just like it's raw. Um, it's kind of yeah. stiff to, to press and like that translates into your body. And it's like every time you just like you, you step on the throttle, you know, it's, it's not an electronic throttle. Every time you step on the throttle, you get more, um, more thump out of that motor. And it's just, it's, it, it translates to you. It's just, it, the car is raw mm-hmm. and I haven't even, yep. Yep. I haven't even driven it down the street. I just basically pulled it in and out of the bays and the shops. And I think I, one time, um, I did just do a loop. Like we got like four entrances or three entrances in our our parking lot, and I just went from one entrance to the next one. And I just yeah. I just I just goosed it just a hair, and I was like, oh yeah, like yeah, yeah. And you know, and it's like something like that. You don't build a car like that to go two hundred mile an hour. I mean, it's just that's that's not the purpose. But you build that hot rod for just for the you know the look, the feeling, and everything else. And um, and that's what I wanted. You know, I wanted something from light to light that it had just so much power, so much torque. And, and that's what that thing does. It's, it's, you know, you, you just lay, you don't, you don't just nail the throttle. You just lay into it and that thing will just, it just gets mean and it'll lift the front and the tires just, it goes nuts. And yeah, it's got an attitude. Oh yeah, yeah absolutely. You become, with mine being a stick car. So I, I, I have a, I have a personal theory that, Every muscle car needs to have three pedals hit hanging down, but of course that's not what gets you fastest, right? And mm-hmm. uh, my big thing is when I'm shifting gears and I'm and I'm, I mean, I feel like I'm an extension of the car. I'm part of the car, right? And so I can I can visualize as I'm driving. I can I don't even need to look at my tack. I I, I know when to shift. I can tell by the, how the steering wheel feels. I can tell mm-hmm. by listening to the engine. I right. and and I just now in the last five six years I've been. I've been picking up on speed shifting, and it has cost me one transmission. But, um, dude, never lifting and shifting is a lot of fun, and uh, until it's not. But I mean, it's, it's a lot of fun, and mm-hmm. uh, I tell you what, it just makes you feel like you're you're part of this oiled machine, and you're in your and it's 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 that raw, cold blooded nature that you're talking about. And it's mm-hmm. all of a sudden you're part you're part of that. You right. I mean? and, and 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 it's funny you say that because like you get in this thing, it's it's. You know, there's no heater, there's no radio. It's it's just two seats. Well, obviously, there's no back seat, so it's just two yeah. seats. It's loud. It creaks because of the roll cage. It, it's it's noisy. You know, it's not anything comfort. You're just going to take a road trip with. I mean, it's it's nice, but 
again, it's it's old school, raw horsepower, muscle car, yep. and it just even with all that, you still sit in it, and yeah, it puts a smile on your face. Like the seat profile, the the gauge layout, you just feel like you're in a race car. I mean, mm. like it's yep. like. Yeah, I mean it's yeah, it's enjoyable. Yeah, I I remember one time I had my mom with me, and I just I think I just finished. It had a four fifty four in it, and I took it out and put this five forty in it. And uh, so I think I picked her up, and we were cruising around. I, I don't know if we were out to eat or ice cream or something, but I was giving her a ride in it, and we were like on this main section, it's what we call expressway, and we were sitting at the light. And, uh, the Subaru rolls up next and, you know, to me and he's, he's eyeballing me and, you know, he's spooling yep. up and revving up the motor and, and my mom, you know, she starts laughing and she's giving me crap. Like, I think he wants to race you. And I was like, okay, well, she was just kidding, you know? So I reach over and I, I open up my dumps and it's three inch pure exhaust right to the ground underneath your feet. And it's, it's a wow. game changer. I mean, it, the floor shaking. And it's dominantly a lot louder. And this guy in the Subaru, he slowly looks over at me when I open up the dumps and his eyes got real big. And I think he realized like, oh, oh I think, ain't, I nothing, think I'm, ain't nothing to mess he with. He bit off a little bit more than he can chew. Yeah. And so the light took off. And of course, I, well, I was raised. I'm like, no, I'm doing this. So the light takes off and I, I pull on him right away and I'm just, I'm just hammering on it going. And my mom's over there. And she's screaming her lungs out and she's beating on me and yelling at me and slow this thing down. And I'm like, don't worry, mom, you're buckled in. Don't worry about it. Like, I got this. And uh, we're pulling away from the Subaru and we get up. And then, like I said, once you get over about that 100 100 mile an hour, the the rear end starts getting squirrely on you because those big tires are trying to find the depressed in the highway. So... Yeah, I needless to say, when it was a little over 100 mile an hour in that rear end, started swashing back and forth and getting loose on me, and I I puckered up a little bit. It was, it was, uh, it was, yeah, it's, it is. And mom's over there screaming at me, yelling at me, and don't you ever do that again? And I was just like, yeah, well, like this was, but then after she calmed down, she was like, that was the coolest thing ever. Yep, yep, no, that's, that's awesome, man. We, uh, what we live for, man. It's, it's 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 little little moments like that. You know, you spend hundreds and hundreds of hours dialing a car in just for that. You know, that, that seventeen seconds of of escaping reality and, mm-hmm. and and just in becoming part of that car as you as you stretch its legs. It's there's nothing better. There's nothing better. Well, maybe right. snowmobiling, but that's that's about it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Well, I know Rob's a pretty. He's a delegated snowmobiler. I used to be, but I gave it up. <clears throat> I'm. I want to get you back into it. Yeah. yeah, you didn't give it up. You just you're just taking a break, and you don't know that yet. Yeah, yeah. Um, I guess I'm not gonna say. I'm gonna say I'm getting too old, but I don't. Know. I just don't hear. I, I don't heal like I the used way to. The way you spend your free time is, is shifted. Yeah, I just figured if I'm if I'm gonna take time off in the winter, I'm gonna not go and spend more time in the winter. I'm gonna go ride Harley in the warmth. I feel like my priorities are changing every time. Sound relaxing. Yeah. And, yeah. and when I am digging my sled out and I'm in the middle of Wyoming and I'm stuck because I thought I could Chris Morant my way up the yep. big hillside, then I, there is a point when I take my helmet off and I'm sweating and the sled's eight feet buried and it's mm-hmm. taking me an hour and I have to get it out. There is one little point where I go, why did I come here? Right. You know, but... It, Aside from that, man, there's it's it is nothing like hitting the hitting the deep powder, steep and deep. Yeah, and and what's nice, and I know Rob can vouch on this too. It's you know back in the day, this was like when I started, the King Cats were just starting to come on. That was like you got to have that sled, like that's the ultimate sled, that's the hill climbing sled. You got to buy yeah, the King yeah. Cat. So then, next thing you know, the Pro R's started coming out. So it's like that's the sled you got to have, you know, and that's that's the ultimate sled. And then when the new chassis, the Skidoo, came out, you know, it was like okay, those are those are pretty cool. You know, those everybody loved them. But then you started picking your favorite. Well, I still was dedicated to Articat, and uh, so when I quit, like this was probably back in fifteen. I think was about my last yep. trip. Well. Even in 15, when we had the new um, HCR and new Articats, I had a buddy out there that was riding a King Cat, and it's like, okay, let me ride that King Cat one more time, you know, because that was like the sled. I mean, you, that was like the sled you had to have. 
Yeah, and um, 15 minutes, I'm good. Yeah, it wasn't <laughs> even that. I think I tried taking it for one loop, and I realized just what a heavy pig. And it's just like with technology and everything, it's it's just like that's half the battle to be a good snowmobiler. You got to keep up with the newest and greatest sled yeah. to make your riding we'll ability. Snowmobiles hit what I call, what I like to compare as like the iPhone curve. So mm-hmm. look at what cell phones were in 1994 and then look at what cell phones were in 2004 and look at what cell phones are in 2014, right? Right. And the snowmobile technology, for whatever reason, followed that very similar exponential growth. I mean, we went from edge chassis, mm-hmm. I mean, a mountain sled in 2003 was a 144 with a two-inch paddle. That was a mountain sled. That was a pretty hardcore mountain sled. Yeah, that was like a, like right? the powder special, like the first few That's injection, right. and you know the big wide skis. Like then you you know you're you're somebody if you had that setup. That's right. That's yeah, right. So and like and then flash forward ten years later, and then ten years later, and you know now if you're not if, so my wife and I we both ride 155. 2.6 paddle. Um, they're based off of an RMK, but they're, it's an SKS. Um, they're, mm-hmm. they're Axis Polaris chassis. And the only difference between the RMK and the SKS is that the SKS gives you a forward bulkhead cooler, which helps us out when we go ride in the UP, Michigan, um, in case you run into some areas where the snow is getting a little thin. Mm-hmm. Um, but aside from that, it's essentially an RMK. And there are guys now when we go out west where they'll scoff at a 155 and go, I won't even I won't even take you where I'm going if you don't have a 165 or a 174. Yeah, I mean you're riding a you're you're riding an 11 foot Werner extension ladder up a hill. You know right. what I mean? And um, it's not that the fun. It's, of them are amazing. Yeah. It's uh, it's like a, a 174 or the Skidoo 175, and then like the back in the day uh, a King Cat with like a Cutler 1000. That was a straight point and shoot sled you pick your shoot and you're going straight up it now it's like um so i've been on my last five sleds were either a 163 and then i switched to skidoo 165 and then um my 24 um i i got a factory turbo coming in it's my gonna be my first sled uh with a 154 um but what draw would draw me to it was they drop down to a 15 wide track and I pick up that track speed then plus with the turbo and kind of my, uh, style of riding has changed. Um, I don't really want to be the quickest, uh, highest guy to set that high mark. I want to go have fun in the trees. I want to put that sled on the tail turn it around and just be nimble in the trees. So that, that 154, um, with this turbo, it's going to be a riot. So. Kind of a sweet spot. I agree with you. I, I ride very similarly, and don't get me wrong. If you give me if if, if you give me a, a, a mouth watering shoot that hasn't been touched yet, I, I oh yeah, I'm I, not going to look past I'll, it. I'll yeah, take it. yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. But uh, I agree. My bread and butter as well is is steep and deep, tight trees, very very yep. technical. Um, I like the riding where it it puts more on the rider. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, the big shoot. Now, granted, obviously that takes riding skill and. and keeping away from rocks and, and making sure that your body English is correct and navigating a sled where you want. But at the end of the day, you can pretty much equivalent how far you're going to get up that nasty Widowmaker chute to how big is your motor and how much track do you have. Right. And uh, Whereas, how big a ball do you got? trees, I mean, it's, it's, it's how well can Rob long foot forward, side hill, and plant into this hill while he's carving up, while he has to hit that particular 56-inch window between those two trees. Mm-hmm. And Rob knows if he misses that, it's going to hurt him or cost a lot of money. And I don't know why that is so, like, adrenaline. It's the only it's, way I like to it, ride. I like that. I it, like that high risk. Right. It's super rewarding. Like, you... um you pick a line and you hit your line, you hit every single mark on your line and you get yep. to where you want to go. It's just super rewarding. Um, and I'm really excited about this new sled because my last three sleds were all Gen 4 Skidoo's and uh, they had T-Motion. Well, I'd lock it out um, because I'd either, uh, with that T-Motion, you'd either lay your sled all the way over and wash out or you're not on edge. So this one, yep. uh, even though even when you locked it out, you'd still get a little of that T-Motion give. You just didn't quite have the ability to hold an edge and get to exactly where you want to go. And when you're dealing with inches to get between these trees, you got to put your sled right on that edge that's going to put you at the angle to get between these trees. 
And uh, so this new free ride, they actually went to a full lockout rigid um, rear skid, and then they offset yep. the spindles. Um, God, I think it's like two inches back on the skis, and I'm not uh, – it, it's supposed to help just – it's going to be not as forgiving. Sure. But – uh, you're going to get a lot more precise rider input, you know, to allow you to make those maneuvers just dialed. Um, so if I didn't ride, if I didn't ride a Polaris, I, I would probably ride a, a Summit or a free ride or, you know, a Skidoo of some form. And I will say this, when I tried out that T-Motion, I think the concept behind it was, was ingenious. I really do. I think uh-huh. that their intent behind it was was to give you as much much track roll and flex as possible and, and allow you to cut into that hill. But I think where it went wrong on the real-world application, and you're kind of getting onto this, is when I hopped on a T-motion sled, I can't tell when I'm cutting and when I'm – I can't tell when I'm on edge or when I'm not on edge. Until you're washed out pointing up the hill. Yeah. Yeah. With, on my Polaris, I feel like I'm riding a Lego. I can literally yep. plant, cut, and I can, like, I can picture the right corner of my track digging into that hill. Mm-hmm. With that T-motion – I was all over the place because I couldn't tell where my edge started and me just laying it over stopped. Yeah, it's, it's mm-hmm. like you're like riding a bronc or something like that. It's just you don't you don't have any consistency on how the sled's going to react to the snow underneath it. Um, so last year I was I went to the Bighorns. I was still on a Gen Four because my turbo from the year before that never came in. So I was like, well, I need a sled. And that's when we're, we're dealing with all the the COVID stuff in Canada. And uh, yep. I, didn't, I didn't have a dash, which I needed an altimeter for the, the factory turbo, and that's how those things run. And um, so I, I picked up a, another Gen 4 Skidoo, and that's why I wasn't too ambitious about riding because it's like, well, I've been riding the same sled for five years now. Um, well, you but four I, things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, we were out in the Bighorns, and we uh, we missed the, the good snow. So the snow was kind of set up in some spots. It kind of wasn't. And... Uh, we didn't even ride overly hard, but just to do the snow conditions and how much of a handful riding that that's could do with the T motion, um, it yep. just it was all it just took a beating on me, um, just between the snow inconsistency and the way that sled was just throwing me around. And I'm I think at the time I was probably like 225 pounds, and I'm six two. So I I mean yeah, I usually have the the lead hand on a sled. You know I I usually yep. the sled usually doesn't outride me, um, and it just it was a lot. So. Um, yeah, I'm really pumped on this new sled. So it's and a hardcore skidoo. Let's defend the skidoo guys for a second. A hardcore, very talented skidoo rider would tell both of us with our T motion feedback to just quit being a baby and learn how to ride it. Yeah, well, exactly. Well, it's going to say yeah. seat time. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But no, I've I've never actually been a fan of the T motion because even when I hopped onto that sled with T motion, I was on I was on M8s, I was on pros, so I knew how to ride. I didn't need that that learning curve built into the sled for me. I already could right. throw a sled over and knew, knew, knew what I was doing. So um, I always just locked it out as soon as I got the sled. That was just like putting a can and lock the T-Motion out. Yep, yep. No, that's awesome. So, yeah. Um, well, so Travis, Travis, yeah. You're, uh, you've got a big, big, big-time background in bikes, yes? Uh, yes, yep. So instead of riding out in the mountains, you'd rather be you'd, re- you'd rather be on a Harley in the 86-degree weather birds chirping and the yeah that's that's your vibe yeah you know and it's just i've been building bikes for years i've i've you know i'm kind of one of those that i wouldn't say like i'm a huge like adrenaline junkie like i need to go skydiving and bungee jumping and stuff but it's there's something about riding a machine and you know i got in I've, i've been doing bikes since I think I got in doing motorcycles and snowmobiles about the same time and so at the time i'm like this is awesome. I can play in the summer and I can play in the winter and it's a win-win. But then I started realizing that, you know, the, the winter sports are a little more expensive. You have to update plan. frequently. You got to plan. And then after a while, it's like, all right, you know, snowmobiling, it's, you wreck stuff. You got to, you got to, you know, it costs money. It and then a day or two yeah, to recover. Yeah. No well, yeah, then I realized like you got to work out, you got to be kind of in shape because that really makes a difference. And so, you know, as we progressed in the somewhat building, you know, like our machines gotten bigger, our machines gotten faster. Um, you know, it's like we used to jump cornices and do all that. Well, I ended up breaking my nose 
And so that kind of was like my first eye opener, like, okay, well, that really hurt and that really sucked. But, you know, just you rub a little snow on it and you, you get back on and, and you keep riding. But I, I realized that throughout the years of upgrading snowmobiles and upgrading your gear and upgrading your helmet, upgrading your goggles, you know, and then it doesn't stop there. Then it's like, well, you get bigger trailers, you get newer trucks and the sport's expensive and it's still fun. But I feel like that, you know, you can, you can build a bike and in five years you can, you can go five mile an hour or you can go 80 mile an hour. It still looks cool. You can still have just as much fun. And I was, I was enjoying that. The second thing is, is like, man, as, as I get, I'm going to say wiser, not older, but wiser that it's like, I, I'm finding myself that my hobbies that I enjoy are nice weather stuff. You know, it's like, I like yeah, to there's fish. Nothing, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, yeah, Rob, it, I would argue that you're probably smarter and more responsible and you're going to save yourself a lot more money and well, headaches. And, yeah. And, uh, and, and it, and it kind of got to the point of, of like, I just draw, I drew more towards the motorcycles because I've got, I've got a few of them, but you know, what's crazy is, you know, listen to you guys talk. It's, it's like, yeah, that, that used to be how I was with the snowmobiling. You know, it was just like sure. point and shoot. You know, you tell yourself like, I need to go up that shoot. I bet you I can't want to see how high I get, but it, it went from that to now it's just like, the last few years of snowmobiling, it was more the technical riding. Like I got a rush, like you guys were saying, you know, you, you go into the trees and you find all this fresh powder. It's, it's spots that nobody's ever been into. It's, it's like, I want to go up there. But I think when you're traveling at, you know, 30, 40 mile an hour, it seems like, or, you know, that you got to pick second, 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 second of decisions Am I going to go left? What's up left? Am I going to make it? Am I going to get in a bind? Or should I hurry up and go right? Like you have to make split fast second decisions going through the trees. Dude, that's what gets me going. Yeah. So Tom knows this. Yeah. Technical line. Yeah. Like you'll have your choice A line, right? Mm -hmm. And you're going up, you're going up, you make a cut. Maybe you make a slight mistake or maybe there's a rock under that you bounced off of. And like on the fly, like you're saying on the fly, second decision making now we're I now have to adjust and I now see line B which did not yep. exist before yeah and it's, it's it, and you can get your heart going yeah it does and, and then what got me it's just like when you're doing that all of a sudden you'll come upon to where you, you got through the trees and then you'll come upon like a big hidden area back that nobody's ever oh, been in. Greatest. It's all fresh powder and it's not big old honey holes. Yeah. Man. And it's like these bowls that you find that it's not hills, but it's just that fresh powder and you'll play and play and play in there. And to me, it was like, I got more of an enjoyment out of that. Then it seemed like once we were doing that, then it was like we were taking some real trips, not with like your ordinary guys that could like, like these were like top notch guys that could ride, but we were picking people that was like you're fun guys just to go travel with. Like we were yeah. towards the end there, we were picking guys that sucked at snowmobiling. <laughs> I'm telling you, like these guys, like you must velcro them to the seat because they don't even know how to get off the seat. Like they sucked, but these are type of guys that like you're fun guys to go out of town with. You're you you bring fun. You're you. It's just great guys. Well, that's what we started doing is picking guys that probably didn't know how to ride the best, but the company was the, you know, it's just the stories and the trip was more like we were looking forward to the trip more than the snowmobiling. Well, I think after a while, then it was like, this is an expensive sport just to go hang out with some buddies with that, you know, so it just, I just transitioned and now it's, it's. I have I have a couple Harleys that I have at my uh, buddy's house down in Arizona, and it's just like I'd rather fly down there for a few days, ride ride the you know big wheel Harley, and it just and come back here and get away from the cold and to leave the cold to get up there. And I think I think Rob's got a couple years left in him, but I think I, if we had this conversation in five years. I'll bet you he'd be he, he, he might be there. I might be there someday. I'll, uh, I'll give you that. My yeah. dog's. Uh, 58 and he's he's kind of approaching the the you know his body and he like he gets colder faster and 
and this is not a rip on him, but he's he's realizing he can't do what he could when he was 24. Mm-hmm. And, and, and uh, I, I, I feel yeah. like, too, just because of where we live, if we had, like, good, let's just say three months or four months of just good winter and then it was over and we were out of it, but I think it seems like our winters are so long up here that I don't want to spend as much time in winter if I possibly have to because it just seems like it's already drags on for as much as it can. But, I mean, I still, I mean, it would be fun. I, I'm not uh, against it. It's just I think my priorities have changed. But it's, sure. it's I love listening to Rob. Like, he's he's got stories, and I know he talks about, like, all his new stuff and going out, so I kind of live my somewhat building stuff through him. Sure. And uh, I, I've slowly, uh, so I had I had a Harley um, before I went back to school, and I had to sell it once I got halfway through engineering school just because I was broke um, and needed to sell something. Definitely wasn't selling the sled or my pickup because mm-hmm. those two kind of go hand in hand. So I, I started working for Travis again, um, or not again. I started working for Travis, and um, that that bug or that bike bug just kind of rebit me. And um, I told myself when I sold my street glide, I was like, when I turn 30, I'm going I'm to buy myself another bike. So um, it actually few days or a few months before my 31st birthday, um, I, I went and picked up a road glide and man, it's full circle. I'm even more into it. And even like when we were talking about like picking lines in the trees, well, when I'm on my Harley now, like even just ripping the streets, like I see a manhole cover and I dodge it or I see sure. the turning lane lines and I just, I carve my bike into it and carve out of it. Um, sure, sure. and like I've kind of, um, even, showing travis kind of a a new uh shift and like these performance beggars and he's into it like Mm -hmm. wheeling these things and and uh just doing rolling burnouts and spinning them around and um like i respect big wheel beggars and what it takes to make them look cool and how cool they look um but to have these these big heavy bikes and you put big suspension on them and uh chain drive them and redo all the clutching to where um They'll run with sport bikes for sure. They just got the torque to run with sport bikes. They're probably um, anywhere from 50 to 70 horse shy on the horsepower range. But sure. uh, you know as well as I that uh, horsepower is how fast you get to the wall and torque is how fast you get to get through there. Torque is how far you get through the wall. Um, That's right. Mm-hmm. So, basically building a, the equivalent because I'm not huge in the bikes. So you're basically building the equivalent of like a – you're taking like a 72 Caprice – and you're stuffing 800 horse in it, and you're hanging with late model, late model light fast cars, yeah. basically. Essentially, mm-hmm. yeah. It's just I think it's the same. There's something American about that, right? And and you know, and and I I've I've built quite a few customs of of seen, various like yeah, soft like, tail choppers. It's, yeah, yeah. It's never been like too exactly the same. It's there. Sure. You know, I think the one I built from our brother. It's a hardtail and it's over ten and a half feet long. I mean, it's just. Oh my god. Yeah, it's a, the. I think just the front forks on it are almost. I think it's like four and a half feet. It's, it's it just. I've built the most craziest hardtail, softtails of uh, now. You know, doing baggers. I've I've built baggers, um, softtails of. I'm a big fan of the Cholo soft tail. Um, you know, it's, I've done all that. I love it. I love it. I love it. I, I still get, like, I'll take it out and puts a smile on my face. And like I said, you can cruise man or you can take it on the highway. You get the same feeling. Like just the cruising, it's, it's, it just, like everybody needs that wind therapy kind of a deal. But it seems like lately, probably like the last three, four months, it's like Rob got me onto this, like the sea bear stunts and, you know, these guys that are, that are taking these dinas and these, these baggers and they're beefing them up and they're doing these performance stuff and the wheelies and, and the burnouts and that, that stupid wild stuff that everybody loves. And it's like, I'm getting into that. And, you know, Rob and I have made comments like we should get together by this old raggedy, you know, like we were, we were talking like when's like the first year the beggar came out. Like we should find that bike, put this big motor in it and just like build just like that. Like you want to take some aggression out, like you get on that bike and you're out doing Brodies and, and popping yeah, the front yeah. tire and just trashing on this thing. But it takes the beggar level or the beggar lifestyle to a whole different level. And it's like. 
I'm kind of leering towards that now a little bit, just that little bit more of like an adrenaline. So it was like six minutes ago, verbatim, Travis was like, well, as I get wiser, you know, I don't need to be jumping yeah. cornices. I don't need yeah. to be flying off, you know, big, big, fluff, you know, in fluffy snow. Yeah, in but fluffy I will snow. go pull wheelies on baggers and knock my head on the pavement. Uh, yeah, so. It makes total sense, right? <laughs> yeah, I don't think you're getting wiser, Travis. Oh, okay. I, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, maybe I'll just stick with my priorities are changing. I'll just stay with that one. There you go. Yeah. And that, sound, that sounds uh, sounds mature. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> it's really cool, the... Uh the camaraderie that uh, that riding bikes brings, uh, just like Travis was saying, that he kind of was bringing fun people to be around with on these snowmobile trips. Well, it's like this is, it totally translates to riding bikes. Like, there's nothing beats a good day of just going from small town to small town with an awesome group of guys, um, getting a good meal, um, maybe towards the end of the ride, having a having a drink or two, and um, or whatever you want to enjoy. It's just, it's so much fun. It's like such a great way to spend time, especially on a nice day on some nice roads. It's like, um, I'm hard pressed to say that's just as fun as snowmobiling on a, mm-hmm. on a bluebird deep powder day too. Um, it, I love, I love it both. So, um, pretty, and thank God we pretty, live in a place where we get to, we get to choose these outlets. Yeah. Very, very little limitation, right? Mm-hmm. You go to Italy, guess how many baggers and drag cars they have in Italy. Oh man. <laughs> Not very many. Right? No. So it's it's uh, for us to be able to, to be here and, and and have the freedoms to do it, and then and then also tie that into if you want something, go get it, work hard for it, be passionate. Right. Mm-hmm. For you guys to actually have a business, and and and, and your guys is I mean, all all of our three live our survival is based off of guys that 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 get something out of these mm-hmm. hobbies, and it's something more than the material value. It's something deeper than that, and I think. I think you guys just touched on it. I think it, right. it, it can, it can be achieved out in the snow. It can be achieved on a bike. It can be achieved a $800 Jeep Cherokee bouncing off the trees in the woods, and it can be yep. achieved with a $100,000 Pro Street Chevelle. Right. And, and you know, and it's funny that you say that because it's, it's kind of like, um, so every year uh, we did this a couple times before pre-COVID, and then now now that uh, COVID's over and everything, that, so we buddy of mine he's got a house down in arizona we ride our bikes down there for the winter and then we ride him back in the spring well every trip that we go down we take a different path and everything that we do is two-lane roads we don't we stay off the interstates we try to find mountainous roads um just something that you can a lot of switch backs and stuff like that but it's it's funny that when you talk to like snowmobiling, you know, you pick your, your, you know, you pick your point, you pick it, you shoot it, you know, that kind of, you know, mentality. Well, with us, with our, with our bikes, it seems like that when we start getting to a lot of switchbacks, yeah. well, we'll chase each other. So you're pushing those beggars, like you're picking your lane, you know, like this last trip we were coming into, I think it was like Rexburg, uh, Utah. And, uh, we were coming from the top of the mountain. We were coming down into Rexburg there and it was like a, it was a two lane, uh, it, it wasn't like an interstate, but it was through the mountains, two That's lane coming, road. coming into town. Just yeah. West of Yellowstone. Yeah. Yep. So we were coming in and it was like 15, 20 miles of just like almost like an interstate. I mean, it was fast traffic, but it was coming into town there. And I was chasing uh, my buddy, he just bought a brand spanking new CVO. And I was thinking, you know, like, I'm not letting this guy show me up. So I'm staying on his tail. And it just, you kept that thing in fifth gear and you, you just pick your lane when it comes in the curve and you just roll that throttle and you lean that bagger over and you're just, you know, you're, you're hauling the mail. And then once you straighten out, you let off and to the next corner and then you, you pick your lane and you hammer on that throttle and you just lay that bagger down. Well, we were chasing each other like that for like, 15 miles coming into Rexburg and just that adrenaline and laying those big baggers over and we're full gear. We got, you know, tour packs full of, you know, clothing and everything. And we're just laying these baggers down and pushing them to the limit. Just almost that red line, just listen to those pipes beller. Well, we were coming. Yeah, we gotta stop talking, or you're gonna make me buy a motorcycle. Dude, it's some again. I'm not a motorcycle guy, but that sounds it. pretty. It, that sounds pretty. Go buy yourself is. a bagger. You it's, will not regret it. And you're weaving through traffic respectfully. I got to put that in there respectfully. <laughs> we yeah. we get up in the town there, and this this newer Corvette, black Corvette, pulls up b- beside me, and he rolls his window down, and he's like, 
I was chasing you guys for like the last 12 miles. And he's like, I've never seen Bagers do that before. And he goes, all I have to say was that was awesome. And he gave me the thumbs up. And it's it's kind of cool. You got you're you're cruising. You got a Corvette following you kind yeah, of doing okay. the same thing. But it is it. It's just it's so much fun that I just feel like I've I've just switched. I guess my passion to more of the motorcycle end of it, but I don't know. Everybody has their, I guess, their their choice. I guess so. I think it's fair, too, that we all kind of go through, you know, in, in large, long, longer-term windows, I think we all kind of go through phases, too, right. right? I mean, not that we necessarily get bored with one hobby, but we just might be attracted to another thing for an amount of time, and then that might kind of... I might kind of die down a little bit, so you jump back over here, and, and right. I think that's pretty common, too. It's something about... I think guys that are into as many hobbies as we are, we're we're, we're uh, maybe have a little bit of some form of ADD. We just we can't sit still. We got to do something, mm-hmm. and so we just we we need to stay we need to stay moving on something. Yeah, it's if you ever get that if you ever get that chance to to ride Harley, it's you know, and and it's one thing too that you can grab like some of your best friends or your best friend or put your wife girlfriend whatever in the back and just to what you see in the countryside, you know, doing all these two-lane roads. Yep. But when you start getting through, like, there's this place, I think it's the Million Dollar Highway. It's it's over by Durango, Colorado, and it's it's like 86 miles long or something like that. <clears throat> and it's rated the top five most dangerous and deaths on this road. So you're That's climbing. a great place to go ride a bike. Oh, it's it's amazing. <laughs> Definitely. So it's it's a bunch. You're on the side of a mountain. You go up the mountain and come back down. And it's it's like 15 to 25 mile an hour curves. You go through this. But there's no guardrail. There's not even a shoulder. It's when you're going around these corners, you look off to the side and it's just mountain of infinity. So if you go off, it's not like you're going to go down a ditch. Like you go off, it's you're 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 going to disappear into like the atmosphere because it's it's spooky it's crazy but we were doing that too we were kind of like chasing each other through you know like that that highway on there and it is there's something about that just to do it with with a buddy and that adrenaline it's just it's a blast it's cool and i gotta say like even maybe just kind of ending note that we are all truly blessed that we get to enjoy these things um i our lives are so good. Um, yeah, obviously we we have times where we can complain or we get a little stressed out, but like to to do the things that we get to do um, day in and day out, and that we're passionate about. It's like there's people out there that hate their jobs and they they never feel fulfilled. And it's like we are so like um, it's, it's awesome the lives well, that we live. Further, Rob, go, go halfway around the world right now and see what people have to deal with. And yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, they're trying to get through day to day, let, um, let alone not liking your job. I mean, there's people, mm-hmm. that, there's people that are waking up today that may not, they may not go to bed tonight. And that's, right. and that's, I think right. it's important for any of us that are into these hobbies to keep that in perspective, right? They, they, they offer us a, a release, a getaway, a right. then you could call it. And, Got to remember at the end of the day, man. This is all something that we've been we've been blessed with. And we've oh, truly. Mm-hmm. To, to you know, and that's that's where that's where getting more people involved in it and, and trying to you know having people find more joy through these hobbies or through these things, which isn't you're not doing it to get a guy into a jeep. You're doing it because he might enjoy himself. Mm-hmm. And like Travis is saying, you got a guy now that 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 you can sit around a campfire and truly decompress, relax, and 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 really build relationships and memories and, and mm-hmm. times and 100% it's it's cool to talk about cars and trucks and bikes and I don't think that stuff's ever going to leave our veins but um, keeping it in perspective I think as I get wiser <laughs> I think that uh, I'm starting to see that a little bit more there's 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 a there's a grander picture here and uh, and, and thankfully we have the ability of doing this and it's not yeah, it's, it's not even by works of us it's awesome know, like uh, I've been yep. listening to a lot of podcasts just kind of to become better at this podcast so we can keep doing it. And I heard a great quote. Um, it's, uh, I used to complain about not having any socks. I used to complain about not having any shoes until I met a man with no feet. And that just completely hit home with me. It's like, that's it's right. fine. We're fine. Like mm-hmm. there's, we're fine. Everything's good. So 
makes a lot of sense right. when you think about it. Yeah. And and you know, and the big thing is is like like us and, and like even you, Kelvin, it's like we go to work every day, we work hard, but we also play hard just as much and I feel like as we do get wiser and it just seems like lately and I don't know if it's because we know more people or how it is, but it just seems like as crazy as this world is and everything that's been going on, it's it's like you got to live for today, you know, within your means. Is is if you can if you can do something fun and enjoy it and get out, it's like don't put it off till tomorrow because there's no guarantee. Like have fun now, right. you know, the just moment. enjoy it. And and it seems like the more and more and more as I get wiser. I I look forward more of everything that I do. It's like what kind of memories are going to make. Like I do it for the memories. So like 5, 10, 15, 20 years from now, you can sit around with that guy and be like, hey, do you remember when we were chasing each other down the mountain there on our bagers? Like it's it's about making that memory. I think that you gotta means. you got to have something to talk to with oh, your friend in the nursing home when you're 86. Yep. Telling and, stories. Uh, that's how I'm going to stay young. I'm going to say, hey, you remember that one time I jumped that railroad grade in the UP on my sled and I landed in trees and broke my, fractured my hand in three places in the <laughs> surgery? Wasn't that fun? Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it, it's what it's all about, man. Yeah. Like you said, get out there. Get out there and do it. Go do it today. Mm-hmm. You're not guaranteed anything. No. Nope. I, I used to be like that. It seemed like that you'd save up. And, and I'm not saying there's nothing wrong with that. It's just if if it's within reason and you can afford to do it, do it. Like have fun because like I said, there's no guarantee to tomorrow. And, and it's like, why would you want to wait when you're in good shape and can enjoy it, make the memory now instead of later? So it's just, it seemed like I kind of set back a little bit and it's like, you know, if I can, if I can do something and, and make it cool, um, I'm, I'm going to do it. You know, it's just like Rob came up to me and we have an opportunity um, to take team and kind of like cannonball run a couple of, uh, is it C8 Corvettes? Brand new C8 Corvettes. Yeah. Down to Arizona. And it's like, well, duh, of course I'm going to say yes. You know how much fun this is going to be? Because you know there's going to be some wild crap going on. And we're going to make some stories out of this deal. So that's half the reason. I didn't do it because I want to drive. I, I, I didn't do it because it's like, geez, there's nothing better I'd like to do you're, than you're sit not, behind you're not a, a wheel. Long-haul for, driver. Yeah, I'm not a semi-driver. But when you yep. say when you say your buddy asked you to cannonball a couple Corvettes down to Arizona, what part of that doesn't be like, I want to be involved in that deal. So yep, yep. No, make awesome. memories, you know, and do what you can. Yeah. So you know what, Kelvin? It was it was an honor to visit with you. I would definitely like to uh, get together with you and and uh, come down and check out your spot, hang out with you, check out your stuff. Um, let's let's do that. We should set something up. Um, it just sucks yeah, that you're a Forty Nine er fan, but maybe if we come down for a Vikings game, maybe we can hey, get to get. If your team's good enough to. Uh to host the game in January and we get an opportunity to rematch and face you guys, let's do it. I'm I don't even really want to talk about Monday night still. So it's a little special yeah. for me. Paid we'll, a lot we'll of money about the next game. to watch my team struggle against yep. uh, Captain Kirk. So Yeah. So they're they're coming back to Minnesota? No, no, that would only be it would only be if Vikings procure a playoff spot and a high oh. enough seating yeah. so the Niners yeah. have to travel to you. Um, which after Monday night, I'm not going to say it's impossible. I just, uh, our well, team is rolling and we've obviously got some, we've got some things to fix now. Yeah. And again, it's the Vikings. So it's, if you bet against them, you're wrong. If you bet for them, you're wrong. So it's, That's right. it's, hey, you know what? It was a blast <laughs> getting back to what we were talking about. It was a blast. We were there with my mom and dad and some friends. It was a fantastic time where we made memories. I'll See. never forget that stupid end of her first half yep. play. Juggling for the ball, and Addison goes into the end zone. I, you know, he came out of nowhere. But guess what? I'll never forget that play. I'll never forget the look on my dad's face. He, yeah. It was like Minneapolis Miracle version two, you know. And, <laughs> um, so it was a great game, and I'm yeah. always gonna, I'm always gonna stand behind my my red and gold. I've been yeah. a Niners fan since when I could basically walk. So um, no, that's uh, cool. It was an entertaining game, nonetheless, and obviously the U.S. Bank Stadium. Awesome atmosphere. Yep, it was beautiful. Awesome. And you know what, man? Vikings, they just straight up played like they needed that win more than we did, and, and mm-hmm. they deserved it. Yep. So, yeah, it was it was still a good game. It kept you on your feet. So it's uh, 
Um, but I was a little leery. I going into, I thought for sure, I'm like, oh, this can be a blowout. And again, it's you're, you know, it's the Vikings. You just never know. But why they play? Yeah. Well, I appreciate it, Kelvin, buddy. Hey, man, it's been an honor visiting with you. I know we'll we'll probably hit you up some more. Um, we'll stay in touch. There's always more podcasts. We can always, you know, touch up and, and see how things are going in the future. So I definitely want to thank you again for taking time out the second time to do this extra long podcast, which has been awesome. And I'm pretty sure we could talk some more. But uh, yeah, it I, is I, a pleasure. I also want to say thank you to not only you, but your sales staff, your staff entirety, your company. Um, you guys are a dream to deal with. It's awesome. So yeah, we appreciate that, yeah. man. And, uh, we don't, we don't take it lightly. It's something that we, we work very, very hard on and, uh, we, we try to take a lot of pride in how we, how we handle our business. And, uh, absolutely guys, this was an honor. It was an absolute blast. Uh, we got to talk about a little bit of everything. So uh, yeah. that was great. And, uh, yeah, we'd love to, love to connect and build off of this. If you guys have obviously any questions or anything that you need to bounce off me, you know where I'm at. And, uh, I expect Rob to be making some phone calls when we're lifting some more trucks. So I'll, I'll do as uh, much as I can, man. To, yeah, absolutely. With you guys. Yeah. And I think, uh, we should get together and even if we fly out and even if it's snow on the ground, I don't care. Just fly out, check out your place, hang out for a weekend. I think it would be blast. It just, I think it'd be a lot of fun just to, just to sit around and shoot the crap and look at some of your stuff and tour your place and, and stuff like that. So be looking forward when we can line something up and do something like that. Sure thing, gentlemen. Well, hey, appreciate the time with you guys and uh, can't wait to uh, get back on this thing again and uh, see where it can go. Cool. Thanks, Sounds Kelvin. Good, appreciate it. Have a good day. Thanks, guys. You too. You yep. bet. Bye. So thanks, everybody, for listening. That uh, So, again, check us out on our Facebook, our YouTube. If you have any comments, uh, go ahead, drop them in there. Let us know uh, on the podcast. If you have any questions or any questions on what we should talk about, please drop in a, in the comment box. Uh, we'd you know, like to hear from you. So until then, don't forget, we'll see you in the next podcast. See you guys. Thanks. Thanks for listening to Unriveted Radio. Also available on demand with the Super Talk 1270 mobile app. Download in the App Store or Google Play today. Unriveted Radio, presented by Dakota Customs, a full-service custom garage on the Strip in Mandan.